stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and today I'm joined by Zach's chief equity strategist, John Blank, to talk about basically what's going on out there in the stock market, in the trade issues, trade and tariffs with China. Is that a trade war? What do investors do? Where should you be investing? If anything, um, seems like the market is... Really, the volatility is really picking up here. Is there any place to hide out for stock investors? So welcome, John. Thanks, Tracy. Glad to be here. And um, I just wanted to comment that John is feeling a little bit under the weather, but he has agreed to join us today because I need his expertise on what's going on with everything with China and the trade issues and just everything in the economy. So um, I hope you feel better, John, going forward here. Yeah, it would be nice to, yeah. to pick up my tennis here in August for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so what what is going on? I mean, we've really seen the market volatility pick up big here um, in August. August is traditionally kind of a rough month, though, for stocks. And we were at the new highs just a week or two ago. So is this a, like a normal kind of correction or is this really the start of, you know, something with this trade war, or what are you seeing? Well, Tracy, here's the thing. If you look at the S&P 500 today as an index market, it's 2850. And if you look at the S&P 500, literally just get a chart from a year ago, it'll be 2850. Yeah. And that means Hasn't really no gone movement anymore. in index earnings. Now, take that with the earnings decline we're seeing in the second quarter of 2019 at minus 1%, very soft, slight decline in earnings, basically mirrors this whole story perfectly. So Q1 earnings were minus 4.5%, Q2 earnings are minus 1%, Q3 earnings are minus 2 and then Q4 is supposed to be a little top. The whole year is supposed to be plus one, plus 1.9 for earnings. So we're, we're doing what earnings are doing. And I, I think that is the message I want to get here, is that what you do when you do a trade war in terms of stock markets is you depress earnings, not necessarily revenues, because you tariff companies, their supply chains get costs, it cuts into their margins more than their revenues. So we're seeing this, and this is the story of 2016 all over again when the Saudis cut oil prices. It's, it's a top-down force. Trade war is a top-down force, but it's not an all-inclusive top-down force like a, like a rate cut or a huge war or something like that. It's, it's more of these intermediate things. And so you end up getting an earnings recession, multi-quarter earnings recession out of the thing, and it stalls the stock market. It stalls the stock market. It doesn't create up or downside. It's just a lot of volatility for no return. And that's what we've seen over the last year. Okay, that makes sense to me. Um, but... What what does that mean? I keep hearing all these uh, pretty bad stats f- from the manufacturing side. Obviously, they're the ones involved much more in the trade issues because they're importing, exporting, all that stuff, or a lot of them are. And it does look like we might be heading into a manufacturing recession again like we did in 2015, 2016. What do you th- – do you think that that will have any – um, overall impact, or will it be similar to 2015, 2016, where everybody kind of panicked over manufacturing, 
but the rest of the economy, you know, was able to ride it out, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, again, the same thing happened in 2016 and happening now is the consumer is oblivious. Right, right. right. 70% of all spending is the consumer, and the consumer is oblivious. Yeah, I mean, so, look at those numbers from Costco. They they still put out the monthly sales numbers, and it's been amazing. It's been awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, unemployment is 3.7%. People have jobs, and they're spending, and they're oblivious, and maybe that's the best thing to be said. And the other thing yeah. that's kind of interesting, the top earnings growth sector in this last quarter was healthcare, which is up 8% year on year, and the stock market for healthcare is been the worst. Yeah. Because people are betting on a regime change in November 2020 that's going to change the value of those stocks. Right. So this is another thing that's baked in here and it's related to the trade war. Surprisingly, we're seeing in healthcare. Um and for example, tech is having a very strong year even though, you know, the chips are getting hammered on their inventories. Right. The tech stocks are doing fine. And what's going on here, I think, is another Rubicon that's becoming more and more dominant in this market, which is the November election. And the market is betting, whether you like it or not, and don't don't tell me you like it or not, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm exactly right. strategist, that there will be a democratic administration and things will roll over. Yeah. So if the Chinese are betting on this, if the stock traders who are playing in healthcare are betting on this, if the chip buyers are betting on this, why don't you go ahead and bet on it? Because basically the polls are saying that the, the, if the Russians decided the 2016 election, the Chinese are going to decide the 2020 election. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. And from anything I have read, is they're going to wait it out. They're not going to buckle. Right. And they're going to do a credit stimulus. They have plenty of that to do. U.S. exports of goods from China are 3% of GDP there. It's not a big number. And their, their PMI is out of their manufacturing sector. Their latest ones are 49.7, 49.8. Yeah. Not recognizably in contraction, right? I mean, a big number Barely, would be 45. Yeah. Like right. in Germany, you have a 43. That's a recognizable contraction in the German economy. There is no recognizable contraction in the Chinese economy, period. There isn't. So they're not hurt. The U.S., stock market is going sideways under the pressure of the tariffs. So we are being hurt um, as investors, yeah. and the consumer here could care less. Right, right. Right? So this is, this is the other thing we have to worry about, though, is about 10% tariffs on consumer goods coming into the country. Will the consumer care? And my guess is not very much, right? Right. I feel like the 10% of the retailers that I follow and I've listened to their conference calls, they're going to be able to mitigate that some way. Like, for instance, Restoration Hardware has already said that they have a supplier in China who they've used for over 10 years. It's, you know, they're, they know the quality they get from that supplier. And when all this is going on, they literally went to that supplier and said, look, you have to cut us a deal <laughs> while all this is going on. If we're going to have the 10 percent, you know, at least you're going to have to cut the costs by 5 percent. Then they can raise prices 5 percent on their customers. They're probably not going to notice it. And then they cover the 10 percent. So and apparently that is what's happening. They are able to get concessions from their supplier in China because otherwise they'll be like, eh, we're leaving. So the supplier is giving them concessions. But, 
if we get those 25 percenters, that I believe you won't be able to mitigate. Yeah, 25%, I think, would, would do a different amount of damage yeah. for sure. That would be a noticeable change in prices that in, an, right. in a booming economy um, would be much more noticeable. I mean, I think, keep this in mind. I mean, as in, people want to say this is going to work. Let's, let's keep this in mind. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to keep it really simple. Again, don't, don't write me back about my numbers being, you know, not rounded out to the, to the, the third <laughs> decimal. Right? Okay. But $4 an hour is what a Chinese worker will make. That's producing right. something. $4 an hour. Let's just call it that, right? It's a fair number. United States, I'm going to be really low. Not really high. I'm going to be really low at a manufacturing job at 12. Okay. Right? So, Tracy, if all-in labor costs are 80% of something, and you have a $4 an hour cost advantage, and I have a $12 an hour cost. What tariff do I have to set for you to meaningfully change my, my thinking? Um, it has to be pretty high. How high is high? <laughs> I don't know. I'm bad at math. 300%, right? <laughs> really yeah. high. Yes. The basic problem here, I've looked into this, is just do the math. Yeah. I have to get wage parity or something near it. I probably need to get to an equivalent U.S. dollar rate of 10, giving shipping. So I got to do a $6 an hour thing on $4. So I got to do at least 150% tariff, right? Right. To, to really do damage here, to really shift the game, I have to do that. That's a big number, Terry. I don't think people will ever, ever put up with that. Right. So what has happened within the, the, the manufacturing world is – they have survived in an end market that's very competitive by bringing in these inputs from China. And so basically, Chinese inputs are coming, are supporting U.S. manufacturers. So when you tax them with more tariffs, you basically push up the costs of these manufacturers that are still hanging in here in the United States. Yeah. It's very unhelpful because they're not competing so much with Chinese goods. Those markets like socks and underwear and super simple things and, you know, equipment and stuff like that, it's long gone. Right. What they are competing with is very high-end stuff, and they need some of these things to be cheap to do it. So the thinking is terrible. The actual damage that would cause a manufacturer to relocate is much higher. Yeah. Much higher than you think it's going to be. So it's basically, it's not going to happen. I mean, I'll give you an example. When I went down... This is years ago, but it's still relevant to the Los Angeles ports, Long Island and Long Beach. And the only, and I'm not kidding you, the only thing we shipped to China was crushed cars to be yeah. smelted yeah. in Chinese factories and then reshipped back in terms of ingots. It was cheaper to ship crushed cars to China. Wow. Right? Because it was just cheaper. I mean, yeah. you no pollution control, no wage rates are lower. So, it's going to be this fiction, um, but it can sustain itself for a good period of time, certainly up to the election, and then the American people have to make a decision. So the election, in an earnings context, becomes highly relevant for not only the globally exposed sectors, but the healthcare sectors, every sector. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, so what do you do? Struggling. If you go defensive, you might get this thing wrong. Right. So all these people, based on what you're 
talking about here, everybody who's jumping into the gold stocks, um, it, that's wrong. That's right. not. <laughs> they're they're going to get burned. Yeah, you're buying the highs. Yeah. It's unlikely to work. So, I mean, my point here is, in general, there's nothing to be had in this market looking back over last year, which is consistent with the risks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's nothing to be had, but that means there's no downside either. Right. Down to twenty eight fifty, it will pack to three thousand of another month. Who cares? Right? It right. might go to twenty seven fifty before it goes to twenty nine hundred. In my end of year target on the S and P five hundred is twenty nine seventy five. Okay. And that's a hard number with sixteen times forward earnings. And you look at that and think, okay, well that's like a hundred points from here. That's like four percent. So, should investors be buying any kind of significant dip? Like, if they had bought the dip in December of 2018, obviously you've got, you got some bargains and you rebounded off of that, and you've done pretty well. So, this is more of a market timing type of market right now. It is. It is. It's a short-term market timing market. You buy the lows and then sell the highs. Okay. Um, it's like a counter-strike market, right? Yeah. More than anything, it's a get in, get out, get in, get out, get in, get out. Not easy, right? No. Don't kid yourself. No. Not easy. No. Um, and I do have uh, just some comments about the gold stocks for those who are, you know, looking at the chart and getting all excited and thinking about buying them. I did buy some gold miners, but way back in the day, oh, six years ago, when Gold was last, you know, at the last highs. <laughs> and I own this one, B2 Gold. The ticker is BTG. I literally own that. It was a very small position, but of course it tanked after I bought it. It was like a 2 or $3 stock. I think it went down even under a dollar for a little while or something. But I was like, oh, well, I'm in it. I'll, I'll just keep owning it because they are like a legit gold miner. And now this year, because gold's surging back up, of course the shares are up, right? And so I took a look at it because it's in one of my uh, 401k you know, portfolios. And year to date, it's up 18.6%. So I finally was breaking even after six years. <laughs> so I was like, dang, right. man, I'm out of here. And there was no dividend, nothing. So it was just a loser investment. And then I looked at the five-year return on that stock. So it's up 31% over the last five years with 18% of it coming this year. Um, on that total, and the S and P is up forty six for the same time frame, and I get a dividend with the S and P. So I would have been much better off just buying the S and P five hundred. So just a warning <laughs> for anyone who's thinking that gold is kind of the way to go right now. Um, and though yeah, here's, the, here's the numbers for for sector returns through the end of July: tech twenty two percent up, wow, real estate nineteen percent up, communication seventeen percent up. Consumer discretionary, 16. Industrials, 14 and a half. Staples, 13 and a half. The worst ones are healthcare, energy, and, 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 and these things are in the twos. But yeah. again, the, the picture you get is the market betting on a forward look that returns to cyclicality. Right. Um, and that is a forward look. And as we move forward, see, this is why I think when you get the election in play, um, and you buy the logic that the Chinese could care less whether Trump wins or loses. They they have a bet that he can lose, and it's a pretty good one, right? Yeah. And I don't think they're in that much pain. I think that's a real mistake. The, the, the PMIs are not showing us that. 
and and they have been here before. It's a very very big economy, right? And the right. basic truth of that really really big economy is they just simply don't need the rest of the world. That's the basic issue. You don't push yeah. around a big guy. Yeah. But is just don't. It, isn't that also an investing opportunity then for people? Because they are basically this kind of closed economy. Um, so our big companies, some of them have not been able to get into that market, at least on the social media and like Amazon. And isn't that a place maybe investors could go to hang out while all this trade war stuff is going on? Because obviously Facebook is not allowed in there. They're not subject to the tariffs. So maybe something like a Facebook or a Twitter, or I've talked about Pinterest because they're mainly U.S. domestic. Um, But, or, you know, again, even Amazon, that stock has really pulled back. Isn't it maybe investors should be looking around at the ones who can't get into China? Yeah, these are decent ideas. I think you're heading in the right direction, which is is don't overdo the Chinese trade war, number one. Number two, okay. it's not that easy. Right. And it's not clear that staying with cyclicals is still your best play. Um, it's not clear that going super defensive is going to work any better because of the election circumstances. Right, because normally, as you said, healthcare would be where I would want to go. Right, healthcare should be number one right now. And yeah, it's not, no, and that, that's just that's this this bet. And so if they're yeah. betting on that, they're betting on everything like that. Right. And so this is my point. I mean, it's not easy. You have to match effectively what I've done: earnings growth with returns. And there are only a couple sectors, particularly the consumer ones, like you talked about. Yeah. That actually come towards a one or two to one earnings to stock return number. Um, and I think, again, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be a ton of volatility and a lot of poor signals. Okay. And I think, you know, that that's just because you have someone running the country who simply enjoys, um, you know, the hand-to-mouth existence that he likes. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't, uh, for whatever reason, the base and the people out there in the country don't seem to be annoyed by it. Right. Um, um, I, I certainly am. I think most businesses are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this is not what drives the economy. Right. And I, I think, you know, what I think goes on is most people simply are oblivious. They don't care. They should just simply don't watch the news. They don't read it. Right. They don't pay attention. Okay. So we're watching the tariffs. The 10% probably, if those go on September 1st, probably won't impact the consumer that much because it'll be mitigated somehow. And but anything more than that on all those consumer products could be a bigger factor with the consumer. Otherwise, the consumer is healthy right now. They are spending. Job market is still good. All of that stuff. So um, maybe looking at even some of the consumer names that have been beaten down. Yeah, this is it. I mean, I think that's it. You have to kind of think it through a little bit and realize a lot of it's technical trading and just yeah. buying stuff off the lows and uh, you know looking for charts that. Show you things that pick up pretty regularly on the back end of these things. Okay. Probably is a good thing. And I think, again, you're you're probably not looking at a long-term, you know, year-on-year hold strategy that's fairly right. attractive when there's minus 1% earnings growth available to you. Yeah. You're just basically not getting anything. Right, right. Maybe um, dividends. You want to be in something that's going to pay you to be patient. Yeah, but again, it's really tricky. I bought Lloyd's. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't have... English, I suppose, really, and it's, but it's it's denominated. The stock is denominated in the UK pounds. The pounds with the pieces, right? 
right. backwards pieces. Right. The company is nothing. <laughs> uh, so again, I mean, if you think about it, it gets this complication where you have yeah. to think through all these linkages. Yeah. Not not all of them are very clear immediately. Right. All the and I've made a lot of mistakes this year just because it's not that easy. You know, I bought the healthcare stocks. I own yeah, them. I still too. like them, and they don't do anything. I know. And you I, think, well, what's this doesn't make any sense in this market? Well, that's because that's how this market works. Right. And I have held on it and made money on chip stocks, even though they're getting blown away with their inventory. Right. Because, uh, again, the forward look is a little stronger, and some of the pricing is so attractive that people are coming in. So, um, very difficult to call Mr. Market out when there's basically no earnings because the market's not chasing earnings because there's nothing to chase. Yeah. Okay. And that's my basic point. I mean, this is 2015 all over again, minus 1.7% return that year. What right. happened in 2016 is with six, seven quarters of, of negative earnings growth, this thing staggered around. Economy made it through based on the consumer. Consumer was oblivious, did not care, and we got through it. Yeah. And eventually, eventually the time rolls on and people start investing in the use of the new normal. And again, like I said here, we have an election. So one way or the other, there is going to be a verdict on this strategy. Yeah. And um, okay, that, that has to be playing a role in your thinking about this, this, the length of this thing. Right. And then again, it gets very hard because it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's right. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then you're, then you're in a timing issue, right? I mean, right. I had a, a trader you know, send me a message yesterday saying, should we get into inverse ETS yesterday? And I said, no, we should have got in them two days ago. <laughs> right. Right? Right. It's always and so they, what happened in any market went up, like I said. Right. right? And so that's the difficulty. Because the yeah. thing is, here it, there's nothing happened in earnings. Nothing happened. Yeah. So what it was was, did you buy the lows or buy the highs? And are you positioning yourself? And then it gets into this tricky, tricky thing where you get the right high and not the higher high, and get the right low and not the lower low. Right. And that that never was easy. And uh, this is the market we live in. So I I think. It's just mainly tamping down your expectations of what you can achieve in a market like this is okay. probably what you need to do. That's good advice. Okay, so um, let's recount the tickers we kind of talked about here today. There was B2 Gold, my um, not successful six-year trade in the gold market, BTG. And I didn't mention this this one, but an interesting one, if you are interested in the gold, I'm not encouraging you, but if you are to look at Royal Gold, RGLD, they're reporting this week, but they are not a miner. They actually invest in the mining streams and the royalties from other miners. They actually pay a dividend yield of 0.9%, but they're not cheap any longer because they've soared this year. They're trading at 52 times, but go... Go check them out on their earnings if you're interested in in one of these companies that the earnings are actually looking a lot better. So that's Royal Gold RGLD. We talked about some of these social media stocks you might want to buy on some dips here. Pinterest is P-I-N-S, and they're mainly domestic. They have a small international business, which they're growing out, but um, they're not really a China play there. No, no impact from China. Twitter, T-W-T-R, Amazon is A-M-Z-N, and they are having their largest 
downturn in 13 years, they said. The shares are off over 12% off those highs. And then Facebook is FB, and um, we all know they're not in China, and neither is Instagram. So um, you might want to check out that one. But also, I will have John back uh, next month. We're going to talk some more about what's going on with the economy. Maybe we'll get into some Brexit discussion, too, because that deadline will be looming soon there in October. So you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss a single episode of the Zach's Market Edge. It um, is available on Apple Podcasts, and you can also get us on Spotify, and we're on SoundCloud, and a whole bunch of other platforms. But be sure to get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.